from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. (laughs) Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry Sorry about about last last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. (laughs) I never stop. (laughs) Hey, fuckers. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. It's the anti-slut-shaming podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Uh, And today's news story is about the Netflix uh, series insatiable which i stayed up all night uh talking to my friends uh dolly alderton in uh the uk about who has a great podcast who's basically like they do like the, they're like the uks or maybe we're the we're, maybe we're the american we and the them UK, the american them uh <laughs> but anyway so it's uh of course netflix is accused of fat shaming uh, and stars defend the show so some of you guys have been tagging us in uh stuff about this there is a person in the uk who has like a feminist blog slash instagram i'm not even going to name her because that's how much i hate her uh and she started a petition to take down to stop this series uh because it's triggered a lot of people's eating disorders and what's the 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 series is written by it's called insatiable it's it's written by someone this is someone's personal experience um and oh god forbid she talk about a person it's just it's just infuriating especially after everyone just finished sucking netflix's dick about nanette and now it's like oh something that go it goes in a different direction art that doesn't express my exact point of view and it, it triggered me and kind of like i don't mean this insensitively it is an eating disorder is a serious thing of course it exists of course your experience is relative and it sucks if you've had an eating disorder however if you have an eating disorder uh, and you and a netflix show keeps triggering it you have not watching the fucking show turn off your netflix number one and also go back to a therapist truly this is not cunty because you have not conquered that eating disorder yeah if a tv show is is triggering it truly it's you have a lot of work to do and we all have shit that's okay yeah we were just talking we were just talking about like i have for instance i have ocd really bad but like when lena dunham got a fucking q-tip stuck in her ear on girls which i thought was a pretty shitty portrayal of ocd i didn't get a petition together to take off girls i just laughed to myself and go ah that's not what it was like for me and i moved on with my fucking life yeah and we we seem to be like the comedians seem to be the only fucking people who can mm-hmm. handle this shit well mm-hmm. com- real comedians to mm-hmm. be honest that can handle this shit there's a comedian that Corinne and i both know who i follow on instagram who his posts were offending me they mm-hmm. were pissing me off they were making me irate it, a lot of it was about like pro-life pro-choice shit and it, but i i, I like the guy mm-hmm. so i just unfollowed him and that's all i did and right. my life is great you don't have to fucking 
jump up and down in the air to be like, you said that and it hurt my feelings. You can have your feelings be whatever they are and then move on. Yeah. And I think a lot of people keep tagging us in this fucking shit. This this shit. This is shit um, about things that you think because it kind of is under this feminist umbrella that we're definitely going to agree with anything we're going against censoring art or against free speech. We're never going to agree with. Um, And that includes calling someone like a Jew scum. Like I'm a Jew and I think we live in America. If you want to call if you want to march peacefully and yell Jew scum. Wait, people yell Jew scum at people? Uh, well, I mean, the alt-right I mean, really hates Jews. Oh, okay. That's like kind of their main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and They're just jealous. But I don't know. I, I, that that's part of why I love America. Yeah. Uh, because you can yell, I hate Jews. Um, yeah, and you don't have to like it. You can't, I don't you can't, like, yeah, I you can't aggressively yell it in a Jew's face. I mean, you, you difference. could, I guess. Well, no, but that's, but that's an mean. offense because it's aggressive oh. and it's considered a threat. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but if you just want to like get together <laughs> with a group of people and be like, we hate Jews. <laughs> you can, and God bless America for and, that. And you, know, I don't have to like that, Mm-mm. but I can still respect that. That is your right. Yeah. So anyway, I want to get into this article just so we know a little bit more about it. The stars of an upcoming Netflix series about a teenage girl who goes from overweight outcast to thin beauty seeking revenge have defended the show amid a wave of backlash. Actresses Alyssa Milano and Debbie Ryan, both of whom star in the dark teen comedy Insatiable, which debuts on Netflix on August 10th, and I will be watching it. Just oh, it solidarity. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It hasn't even aired. No, the um, the uh, what's it? The trailer triggered people. <laughs> I can't. I just you can't. guys. I can't. Come the fuck on. Uh, I posted on Twitter oh in defense of the show after droves of online commenters said the series appeared to be fat shaming its lead character while playing into a dangerous narrative. We are addressing through com- uh, we are addressing through comedy the damage that occurs from fat shaming. I hope that clears it up. Milano responded to a Twitter user who called the premise of the show disgusting. However, many of the responses to Milano's tweet still uh, decried the series as tone deaf. Insatiable tells I've the story. I've never even seen it. I just saw the trailer. Oh, I know. Yeah. Insatiable oh, tells the story of Patty, played by Ryan, a teenager bullied at high school for the way she looks. In the newly released trailer, other students refer to Ryan's character as Fatty Patty and post <laughs> pictures of her face on a pig's body on her locker, which so far is just exactly what happens in school. Yeah, that's how bullying occurs. Yeah, or that's how being a fucking woman in the entertainment business. I love my favorite thing about these people complaining is I was like, oh, spend one day as me on yep. Instagram, you fuck faces. I'm so angry right now. No, I agree. Uh, one summer, Patty gets her jaw wired shut, loses weight, and comes back to school looking unrecognizable and conventionally it's attractive. It's a hyperbolic story. Yeah, obviously. And I think I'm not premise. even. Def- I'm not even saying this is funny, but if it's it's not it's not that it's I not it's funny because it's uh, it's offensive. If anything, it's like okay, this is a little hack it's, or like yeah, corny, it's, but it's obviously not real. Yeah, it's not real. Anyway, so um, oh she. And and also and also, if you are living in such a bubble that you don't think parts of your life would be easier if you were hotter, or if that is not what fucking American culture is based on and obsessed with, you're out of your fucking mind, and and you're lying yourself. And again, spend one day in the goddamn entertainment business. She decides she can join any clique in the school, but instead wants revenge on her bullies. Patty is coached by failed attorney Bob Armstrong, played by Dallas Roberts, whose true aspiration is to coach pageant queens. Milano plays Bob's (laughs) wife, Kimmy Shields. The show's tagline builds the series as a coming-of-rage story. Mm. On Saturday, Ryan posted a long statement on Twitter saying that she was excited to work on Insatiable because the series tackles the shame women feel about their bodies through satire and enter difficult conversations. 
emotions. 12 years after my own struggles with body image, I was drawn to this show's willingness to go to real places about how difficult and scary it can be to move through the world in a body, whether you're being praised or criticized for its size and what it feels like to pray to be ignored because it's easier than being seen, Ryan wrote. Ryan also said that she and the show's writer and showrunner, Lauren uh, Gussis, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, felt it was important that in scenes where Patty was heavier, her size was not used as a punchline and the abuse the character suffers is never justified. Gussis also put on her, her out her own statement on Twitter saying that she was suicidal as a teen uh, and that she wanted revenge on her own bullies. She said this caused her to develop an eating disorder and mm. the kind of rage that makes you want to do dark things. Mm. This show is a cautionary tale about how damaging it can be to believe the outsiders are more important to judge without going deeper. Gussis Ooh. wrote, please give the show a chance. Still, users on Twitter are already criticizing Insatiable. What purpose do the false sexual assault accusations in the script serve though actress Mara Wilson wrote seemingly responding to an undisclosed plot line in the show and I don't know know, so wait she got a screener or some shit well Mara Wilson is in the industry so she could have seen something ahead of time oh okay okay but again like her handle also said like has stopped the Nazis in it so I'm gonna take that the Nazis (laughs) something like that I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt uh in a (laughs) I mean they should be stopped but I'm just gonna remember her as Matilda and move on with my life (laughs) um in a Twitter thread Nabella nor a beauty vlogger wrote that the trailer quote repelled her and okay. asked for a show i mean are kids getting fucked in this and <laughs> asked for a show where an overweight girl loves herself as she oh, is which we've that, seen before we've seen it and also but if you're an overweight the Mindy project girl, did a great job of that and, but if you're an overweight girl you don't have if you don't love yourself it's okay like and if you do that's amazing and if you're a hot girl and you don't love yourself well welcome to the club we're all mad at you too <laughs> So the article goes on. How in any world is weight loss from a jaw being forced shut inspiring? Do they know what that implies? Nor wrote adding fiction. It's satire. Adding in her final post that she hopes the show will still surprise her. Netflix, which declined to comment on the backlash around Insatiable, recently uh, received criticism from mental health experts following the debut of the second season of its original series, Thirteen Reasons Why. The first and second season of the series had graphic depictions of suicide, sexual assault, drug use. Gun oh yeah because that stuff never happens and then so they give let's a, not talk about and then at the it. end of this number they're like if they give a fucking national prevention lifeline number and a national eating disorder helpline because that's really helpful uh <laughs> Uh, just, I just, I am just so, I just, we, we talked about this, uh, you know, kind of all day uh, with friends and I, yeah. And I actually went to, uh, what's her name? Lauren Gustis's, uh, Instagram and kind of just like said, Hey, cause her, I just looked at her this comments. This is the actri- actress. This the is show? the writer. The writer. Okay. Um, and I, who, who had this experience with the eating disorder. Exactly. Who was suicidal over her own eating disorder. And, and like, this is, we're, we are not saying, no one is forcing you to deal with your eating disorder through humor. What we are saying and, is. Yeah. Everyone uh, heals in different ways. And for people like Christina and I, we, this is the kind of shit that's going to stop us from jumping off a bridge by laughing at it. Humor is why I didn't, haven't killed myself yet. Exactly. Okay. So So, it's like if that humor is not the right thing for you, you turn off insatiable and you go to that overeaters and honest meeting. You, you, whatever it is that works for you, but do not fucking, just because something triggers you does not mean that it cannot be around. Like there's no, you're never going to live in a world that has no fucking triggers and i know i, I kind of feel sometimes i i i i'm like oh i hope we don't sound like 
holier than thou by telling people to get the fuck over themselves and stop right. being such a pussy. But I, I really do every day woke mm. I, I you know we do this subject line Sunday shit so I'm reading through our email subject lines every day and I can't tell you how many emails we get every single week mm-hmm. from I'm in love with my rapist I fucked mm-hmm. my best friend's rapist or my dad the most uncomfortable yeah nauseating sometimes but that is life yeah you can't run away from the discomforts of life's you fucks right okay and you gotta you gotta it's gonna behoove you to to be able to get good at sitting in that discomfort i feel uncomfortable every goddamn day Mm -hmm. over a lot of things Mm -hmm. i am presented with scenarios that are real life Mm -hmm. not even a fucking television show Mm -hmm. that make some of these emails make me so fucking uncomfortable and i've learned that that is life yeah i literally have an anxiety disorder that was like blown out of proportion by the emails that we get on this podcast right and you know what i was like i'm gonna keep doing the podcast and go fucking deal with this on my own goddamn time yes and and the people who have experienced these these terrible things i I just you guys liberty liberals the definition of liberty liberty and And justice justice for all all, motherfuckers i mean that too yeah but also like the definition of we're we've been talking about this a lot in la the definition of liberal and liberty liberty protect the american civil liberties union they protect people's liberty to free speech Mm -hmm. even if you belong to a terrible hate group that opposes everything to my core that i believe in I still support your right to peacefully protest, for example. And, and it's like, I just I just want to remind everybody that that's the definition of liberal. Mm-hmm. It, it, to censor what somebody's saying is not liberal. And I feel like people are waving this liberal flag. I just, I, I can't, I can't yet figure out why people are doing this. Why <clears throat> this blogger chick mm-hmm. finds it to be so helpful to start a protest to end this fucking Netflix show yeah. that she hasn't even fucking seen nor has anybody Mm -hmm. instead of actually making a difference in a real way yeah well it's like i mean it's like with all you're not doing anything all the terrible things are going on in the world and your and your your platform is a chance.org petition to get insatiable off netflix just say that out loud in the mirror to yourself please please say that out loud in the mirror to yourself because and know that there are so many amazing things that you could be doing to be helping young men and women and undecided genders to to help them overcome their eating disorder or to to help educate them on where to get help that's something that would fucking help yeah and yes i've had two red bulls but i'm very angry (laughs) but i i tweeted today i was i tweeted the thing that said reactions to art prior to 2017 a liked it B, didn't like it. Reactions to art 2017 to present. A, ban it. B, act like person who made it is God because they figure out how to make you feel important and special even though you're not. And it's like... And I'm including myself in that group. I am I not am important or special, no matter uh, how many you. times I tell myself in the mirror that Me I am. Because like I secretly feel I am, but like everyone should secretly feel like they are. Yeah, that's like the key to you gotta, life. You gotta like yourself. And Jesus. like and 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 so just to wrap up this conversation about fucking body, Christine and I have been doing this new bit. I'm not gonna ruin the entire bit. Um, 
Because it's a kind of the opener for the Bridget Bishop tour. Oh, but it's fucking but amazing. So we, you know, we're in LA now. Uh, LA is usually where I get body shamed. This time it was, there was a curveball and it happened in Seattle. So, but it still happened, guys. <laughs> On the way to LA. So we're in Seattle and number one, never take pictures of anyone, especially not a woman at a fucking, while she's doing stand up comedy on stage. There's no way that anyone's ever going to need or it's want that photo. Angle. So a picture was taken of me where I look to be about 275 pounds. And uh, I'm five foot three, keep in mind. <laughs> and uh, I was ha- having a great night in my hotel room in Seattle, snu- snuggling in with my Snickers bar, whatever the fuck I did. <laughs> I checked my tagged photos. I see that picture of myself because it's not only did you have to take the picture, you had to put it on the internet. Then you had to tag your girl and then <laughs> tagging your girl. <laughs> and then... And then to add salt to the wound, this woman, and I, I'm not, this is, I, you, I know you had the best intentions. Yes. Then she hashtagged it body positive. <laughs> and I, that's when I went over to my fucking hotel room window and I was like, you know what? I, I know why they had the suicide all. locks on these windows <laughs> because someone else got tagged hashtag body positive. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, nothing says you're a six at best more than the hashtag body positive. Uh-huh. Honestly, guys, if you're going to take a picture like that, just hashtag a fat bitch and we're all going to sleep And we're going to laugh. We're going to go. We're going <laughs> to laugh our asses off. That person has a sense of humor. But I think it's a real thing. It's because it, to me, it's so pandering. So like, there have been times like when we've been in war, you know, wars with like the fucking Legion, Legion of Skanks listeners or something. Right. Where right. they were doing terrible things and, and made videos about like <laughs> me being fat on the Internet. Mind right. you, I'm not even fat. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is, I don't even know why this is going on, but it's funny. And uh and and, and that felt better yeah. than hashtag body <laughs> And you know what else sucks? When we do self-deprecating jokes in our stand-up and then yeah. the punchline gets fucking ruined by some chick in the crowd, and it's always a chick. Always it's a always chick. a young white lady. And I, I I mean, I'm not trying to be that's just what it is. Uh, I'm starting so you a can petition ask, against you, Christina. Uh, fuck you, you fucking bitch um and they all if any we ever say anything negative about ourselves in our stand-up because again humor is how we deal with things some this fucking happened to me the other day the girl was like you're beautiful shut the fuck up yeah i should be able to say something i don't like about myself without everybody going oh no oh no stop no bitch it's my body and it's my life and it's my brain yeah let me just get it off my chest so we we do a fun thing at the beginning of our our tour show where we pass the mic around and we all say negative things about ourselves and then we all go boo gross and oh, it's so amazing it's been so cathartic i've 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 admitted things mm-hmm. that i haven't admitted to anybody it that feels i was so good that i truly was self-conscious about like yeah. back knee feels so I, good. I was so self-conscious mm-hmm. about it i feel i won't go i won't hook up with a guy if i'm like break it but like to say that into a microphone in front of hundreds of strangers and then have everybody going, ew, boo, boo, gross, you're fucking disgusting. Feels yeah. great. I'm just so sick of like having to be like, be a woman who's already like valued so much for her body and then to have to like look in the mirror, look at a picture that obviously sucks <laughs> and then have everyone say you're beautiful. That's like when like, that's like when your kid so brings home a shitty piece of art and you're like, I guess I'll hang it on the refrigerator. <laughs> that's what that feels like. We all know it's not good. Okay, just fucking stop this show. And but, but further, because I... Uh, I was like the true kind of Zen that you want to reach is not like thinking a body that's like awesome and banging uh, is when it isn't. It's just living a life where it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's and okay. like you're not being fully valued by your body. That's the Zen that you want to fucking reach. The rest of this stuff is bullshit. Also petitions don't matter. I'm going to start a change.org petition to suck my cunt. Today's show is sponsored. 
<laughs> but talk space. <laughs> the online therapy. <laughs> We're completely sober, which is the worst part. (laughs) So sober. The online therapy company lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. You hear me, bitches? Anywhere at any time. And we've tested it. Can't imagine. It works everywhere. Can't imagine fitting another appointment into your life because you're so busy creating online petitions to stop a show you've never seen. Well, you dumb bitch. Talk space. With Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message, okay? No commutes, no leaving the office, no judgments, and no petitions. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, Talkspace... Talkspace. I got to make sure I say it all right. That's going to make me do it again. Yeah. Talkspace.com slash GWF and use code GWF to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's GWF at Talkspace.com slash GWF. Oh, my gosh. How do we not have a TV show? Uh, I mean, the industry isn't ready for us. We're doing it. We're too fast. Well, some of them are. Can we make a TV show called Too Fat to Fuck? <laughs> Suck my asshole, everybody. Oh, God. Suck my asshole. Oh, God. Come see us live. Please. Uh, but make sure you bring the disgusting part of your body to, and you're ready to talk about <laughs> Please. it. Uh, so um, this is, wait, this is today, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so today we are in... In the city of brotherly love. <laughs> the 215. The Wawa country. Ugh, we are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's August 2nd through August 4th. We're at Helium. Come. You guys have been begging us. You've been cry face emojiing that we come there. Hey, we're there. We're going to be there. And then Washington, D.C. Ugh, love your cupcakes. Uh, Austin. <laughs> I just said Austin. Oh, no. <laughs> We've gone rogue. Washington. We're gonna get so many tweets. But you said Austin. Yeah, no, we're not coming to Austin. Austin. We love it, but we weren't invited. Uh, Yeah, we weren't. Washington, DC, August 9th through 11th. We're going to be at the DC improv yay dallas texas august 23rd to the 25th we're going to be at the addison improv for all other dates and li- ticket links go to sorry about last night comedy.com slash tours with an s for all of our other dates follow us on social media oh wait this isn't tonight this what? is this, this episode is coming out on the 27th oh yeah <laughs> ah, go fuck yourself it's fine I don't, we got rogue we're tired you, you figured know? it out maybe ha- uh tweet netflix and see if they can help you figure out those things <laughs> Start a petition about how you're confused about how we didn't really say it right, but then you can't. You could go online and Google it, but who's got the guys? Time? You know, calendars are sensitive uh, to me. My mom was murdered by a calendar, so you could. My father fucked a calendar and left my mother and me wailing in the living room alone. I was triggered. Um... <laughs> my favorite post: Joe Rogan posted this thing on his Instagram. It was because there are more than two genders. It was it's a T-shirt. A scre- it was a screenshot that, yeah. to buy a T-shirt that said there are more than two genders. And the options were male or female size shirt. And he goes, hashtag triggered. I'm like, God damn, love you, Joe. Oh, Joe. I love you. Oh, hey. You eat bison. Your jokes come out that good. (laughs) I got to start eating bison, (laughs) man. Bison. Uh, uh, Guys, our our baby, 
Corinne and I are having a baby on August 18th, Saturday, August 18th. I hope she's 18th. not fat. <laughs> I hope she's fat, and I hope she's all the adjectives that everyone gets triggered by, whatever they are, oh, whatever God. they may be to you. That's our oh, baby. Oh, my God. Guys, we fest yeah. is happening yeah. Saturday, August 18th at Brooklyn Studios in downtown Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to our website, you can have all the information. But during the day, there's going to be booths where you could sign up for volunteer uh, volunteer organizations. You can learn about them. You can learn how to do drag makeup. You can pet a puppy. We're going to have a lot of really fun fucking things happening during the day. My best friend, a.k.a. Uh, Thomas Whitfield, uh, sex therapist, is going to be doing a talk back during the day yep. about how to get, uh, get over breakups. And which I'm going to be front row. Need. I need that Chrissy real bad. Chrissy's going to be the front row I'm gonna crying. Be, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to shut everybody up if they try to talk. <laughs> Because I really need this, guys. And we're going to have a lot of curated booths. I'm really fucking excited for that. And then during the also during the day portion, we're going to be doing a live episode of Guys We Fucked with very mm-hmm. special guests. And then at night, we're having a giant fucking insane blowout crazy show mm-hmm. of stand-up comedians that you've seen on the podcast and, uh, and a musical guest. And uh, Who you is can- it? Oh, shut the fuck up. Don't yeah. worry about it. Uh, Just wait. It's going to be good. You can buy a day pass. You can buy a night pass. Or you can buy an all access pass. And uh, there's only limited numbers left. So please click the links in the description of this episode of the podcast for more info. And as always, all proceeds are going to be split between new alternatives for LGBTQ youth and the Reproductive Health Access Project. Uh, guys, after you buy those tickets for Guys We Fest or uh, donate it if you can't make it, uh, just eat some Blue Apron. <laughs> Support for today's show comes from Blue Apron. With fresh non-GMO ingredients and chef-designed seasonal recipes delivered to your door, Blue Apron lets uh, you see the power of what food can do. Better yet, Blue Apron is completely flexible. Choose from two, three, or four weekly recipes based on what fits your schedule. And now, in honor of summer, Blue Apron is offering delicious meals that are great on the grill, like honey chipotle glazed chicken with poblano and lime rice. Mm. Add smoky depth to your dinner while enjoying (gasps) the warm (laughs) weather My I dad know. died in a smoke. I know fire. you had a smoke incident. Are you are your lungs okay? No. Um I love Blue Apron. Blue Apron is really fun because I've talked about this before, but I I really love cooking. I don't have time to cook a lot, but it's nice to open up a box, have all the fresh ingredients there for you um, and have ideas of what you can make with the menu cards. But also sometimes I fucking go rogue. The way we go rogue on this podcast, I'll go rogue. I'll mix recipes together. (gasps) Tommy's making dinner with Blue Apron and it's fun because he'll like make two recipes together and then we'll just have like a smorgasbord of food. It's been really, really fun. I, uh, I love Blue Apron and I feel like I'm a better cook and I'm a more innovative cook uh, because I know what things go together now from doing this. Uh, really fun. If you want to be fun like me, uh, check out this week's <laughs> menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash GWF. Again, that's blueapron.com slash GWF to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Uh Hey, we're going to power through it. We got a couple more ads, guys. You can do it. Yeah, part These of it. people are helping that. us be alive, these companies, and we really thank them, and we love them, and we appreciate their support because without them, we wouldn't be alive. Uh, third love. Third love protects my titties in a, the best way. It cradles them like, like I'm in the womb, but I'm not. It's just a third love bra cradling my tits. Using thousands of real women's measurements, third love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind so that they fit impeccably and uh, feel even better. And now since adding 24 new sizes, third love offers the most options of any brand, a total of 70 sizes. 
Find your fit in 60 seconds online. Order and try on at home with Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute to do. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Uh-oh. For premium ultra soft smoothing fabrics to expert design features like straps that don't slip. Oh my God. Thank you. Oh, thank Jesus for that. The details make the difference. The labels are even tagless so they're not itchy, which I fucking love. Yeah. Why isn't everyone doing that? It's I know. Idea. And because Third Love guarantees a perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. I love Third Love. I have, I'm a 34D and it is very difficult for me to find a bra that doesn't make my feel like I got machine gun titties. I don't know why. Like it, it's it. It makes me feel like I have natural. I guess I just love the shape. It's a very natural shape, and I really appreciate it. And I love them. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners fifteen percent off your first order. So go to Third Love T H I R D Love dot com slash G W F right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get fifteen percent off your first purchase. That is Third Love dot com slash G W F for fifteen percent off today all right and also thank you to daily harvest i like that i got all the food ones i'm triggered um (laughs) you fat bitch (laughs) molly molly our intern set this up and i feel like she's triggering uh, me um (laughs) i'm gonna get an she's so sweet she's gonna be like i didn't did i really trigger you no oh you didn't no molly you're good um daily harvest during the summer (laughs) the last thing i want to do is spend time cooking i'd rather be this kind of goes against what i said last (laughs) time to be honest (laughs) you know i have full disclosure uh, you know, well, but well, tell us how you feel, Corinne. <laughs> During the summer, the last thing I want to do is spend time cooking after I've cooked Blue Apron. So I'd rather be, <laughs> I'd rather be outside doing things uh, and enjoying the warm weather, which I have. I have a sunburn right now to prove it. That's why I love Daily Harvest. It's a subscription service that makes healthy eating easy with delicious plant-based foods, which I am very into, that are ready in as little as 30 seconds. Daily Harvest delivers perfectly portioned cups of frozen organic fruits and vegetables directly to your door. All you have to do is add water or your favorite milk to the cup and blend, heat, or soak. It basically requires no effort, which is also how I like to fuck. Uh, (laughs) Which is, I I did say that earlier today. I did say that earlier today. Um, It's the perfect thing to have on hand for those days when you don't have time to cook daily harvest is really fun so cooking is great and I do enjoy cooking but we are on the run all the time and half yeah. the time I'll like buy a bunch of shit put it in my refrigerator and, it goes bad. and never do it and then I feel bad about starving children and animals and it's just a whole spiral so if you don't <laughs> want to not spiral get daily harvest because it is it's healthy stuff it's, and, it, and you freeze it yeah you because it's like I put it in your freezer what else you eat a hot pocket you turd uh <laughs> get your you take this cup out and then you put your dog in another room because your dog is scared of the blood and dirt because you don't know what he w- went through in, when he was adopted and he, he gets triggered. And that, but that's more, I take that triggering more seriously. Uh, uh, yeah. And he is scared of the blender. But Aww. so I put Alfred in the room, then I take out my Nutribullet and I plop my uh, daily harvest stuff in there and I put a little uh, coconut uh, water in scoop, there. Scoop. Oh, and I, it's it's great. These things are really tasty. One of my favorite Deli Harvest things is the smoothies are great, but you know any basic bitch knows how to make, how to make a smoothie. What I love is their um their the Sundays. They're like oh, it's like yeah. in quotes. So I 
have this thing that I developed in college. Uh, I hope no one's triggered by it. I was like, I hope no one's triggered by this. But I have this thing that I would. Oh, I, I vomited for for <laughs> oh, six yeah, months. I had it. <gasps> yeah, I had an eating disorder, yeah. bitches. Yeah. So suck my asshole. I like that you just that whimsically remembered your yeah, eating disorder. Because I don't fucking carry it on my goddamn shoulders yeah. every second. But, but I, if you do, I understand you guys go see a therapist. Talk space. Yeah, no, it's serious shit. Uh, but you know, also stop watching so much Netflix. No. Um. Uh, and so I love Daily Harvest the smooth uh, the uh, Sundays because I'll get this hankering for like something sweet mm-hmm. and but that I don't want to eat like ice cream a bit. tons uh, and tons of ice, ice cream, cream. Yeah. and uh my old roommate is like a health fanatic and she always she always taught me this thing she's like if you want to eat something unhealthy try eating something healthy first and then if that doesn't kind of like she's like most of the times that'll like alleviate the, alleviate the, the want, hunger yeah. that you're feeling yeah. and she's 100 percent right and i've really tried to live by that and so these sundays are super helpful with that because they give you something uh sweet but it's like you know chia seeds and yeah 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 mashed and up fruit. healthy shit just trick yourself bitch daily harvest <laughs> trick yourself i really like them they're fun i and love it so so fast and so so easy and you put it right back in the cup that it came in and then you can run out on the it, door yeah. and watch someone jerk off on the su- uh, on the subway while you while you have while a you chug down your healthy ass snack bitch yeah i'm gonna say you know what we're all making our day better that person's jerking off i'm drinking my daily harvest if you want to do that go to daily dash harvest dot com and enter promo code gwf to get three cups free in your first box again that's promo code gwf for three free daily harvest cups at daily dash harvest.com again that's daily dash harvest.com one more ad you can we do can it do it <laughs> Hey fuckers, give your top drawer the refresher it deserves with a Me Undies membership. Each month, Me Undies will release a new exclusive print made in collaboration with artists and brands that only members can get. And with special member pricing, members will also pay less for everything on the Me Undies website. So if you want a second pair of undies, a bralette, or lounge pants, you'll pay less than anyone else because you're a better fucking person and you deserve it. God damn it. Treat yourself. Best of all, the membership comes with no strings attached, so you can switch styles, skip the month, or cancel at any time because you're a fickle little bitch and you know it uh i love me undies and i love this idea of being a member because it's nice to just have something to look forward to in the mail we don't really send letters anymore usually the mail is just fucking bad news bears tons of bills maybe uh you know someone's sending something back that you gave them that's a personal thing that happened to me so we don't need to discuss it um but uh i love getting my me undies monthly in the mail i open the pack Number one, it's always a great surprise of what print they have this month. Uh, I think that when you get older, just underwear gets so boring. You know, we grow up as kids with those amazing days of the week underpants, cartoon underpants. You're feeling good. You're feeling fly every morning. And then around like, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16, they're like, guess what? Your pussy's going to be boring and it's going to be boring for the rest of your life. I don't subscribe to that shit. So I understand that when you're teens, you're too cool maybe to have prints on your underwear. But I say as soon as you get back into your 20s, you need to fucking get prints going again. It's like by that time, you've already seen a bunch of dicks or a bunch of vaginas or a bunch of uh, things that you're like, I don't even know what this is. Uh, So why not spice it up by seeing 
a gopher, a penguin, a donut, a taco, a lightning bolt. These are all little ways that life becomes more fun and better. So if you want a better life, a more fun life, a life more full of surprises that are good, not bad, uh, you want to subscribe to MeUndies. They're the softest fucking underwear I've ever put on my butt. They don't ride up it. They stay where I put them. They come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't love them, just send them back for a full refund, you fickle little bitch. Here's the call to action everyone get your pens out get your phones out this is what you're gonna need to know to get 15% off that's one five percent off your first pair go to plus free shipping and a 100% guarantee go to meundies.com slash gwf again that's meundies m-e-u-n-d-i-s me undies perhaps if you want to remember it if you're bad at spelling uh meundies.com slash gwf again that's meundies.com slash gwf meundies they go on your butt not in them I'll save the email uh, for next time because we we uh yeah we we're got gonna, a lot covered. We're gonna we're gonna miss our flight because we're too busy podcasting and hiding beer in this Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna go bury it in Los Feliz somewhere. You just gotta go run around and find it. Um, okay, today's guest is amazing. Shout out to Emily and everybody, Mike at the Comedy Store. We recorded this interview in the Comedy Store's uh, podcast studio. We love the Comedy Store; they are amazing to us, yes. and we really appreciate um, them being our uh, Los Angeles home. So mm-hmm. we love you guys so much. Uh, so excited to interview this guy. He's a stand-up comedian. He's the host of two- True TV's talk show, The Game Show. His upcoming book, My Life as a Goddess: A Memoir Through Unpopular Culture, hits shelves. July 31st. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Guy Branham. professional i love it this is great um yeah so we just we wanted to talk to you for a while we know each other a little bit in passing yes it's um, lovely to have you guys in town yeah yes. thank you we're in this we're in the basement of the comedy store which yeah. is like, it's not as scary as i thought it would be i know i was on i'm a little disappointed i thought it'd be a little scarier mm-hmm. but if anybody feels a presence let me know. I mean, horrible things happen to cocktail waitresses here. Oh, there's, oh, there's no. no way around that. Oh, well, no. you know, maybe in this Me Too era, that will stop happening. <laughs> yeah. Has anything terrible happened to you? Have here? you ever got Me Too'd? Oh, no. Um, Lucky. I, I'm kidding. We're going to dive right in. Have yeah. you ever been assaulted? Yeah, um, sexual assault. Anything? Uh, no. Like, the resounding power of my asexuality growing up was um, pretty impressive. Like, <laughs> There was almost nothing happening like until I came out of the closet and then I was like desperately trying to figure out how 
I could make something happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were definitely times, I talk about it in the book, but there were definitely times when I got too grabby at the saloon in... uh, in Minneapolis when I was learning how to be gay. So I will admit you to that. You got grabby not... at a saloon when you were learning how to be gay. The, the saloon is is the like alpha gay bar of of Minneapolis, and that was where I learned uh. how to tread water in, in homosexuality. But no, I have, you know, uh, I've been lucky enough to not have, um, you know, someone sh- shove sexuality at me that I was not interested in. Oh, uh-huh. that's cool. Yes, it's a lovely way of life. That's not, yeah, because then you don't have to walk around with, well, you walk around with other anxieties, not yes. the anxiety that someone's going to, like, whip their dick out or something. Though I do think, like, the way that we raise gay kids in America screws with you in a very particular way. Like, mm. you grow up with, uh, a, a, a di- like, a messed up understanding of your own sexuality that I can't compare to people who have uh, been uh, assaulted or particularly assaulted as children. I haven't had that experience, but I do think it's just a particular kind of fuck upness, mm. fucked upness that like we've had to not talk about because we spent the past thirty years being like, "We're normal, we're fine, let us get married." Yeah, right. Yeah, you just yeah. fighting for equality. Well, I think it's got to be fucked up to uh, <clears throat> ha- have a sexuality that society says you have to come out. Right, and Four. and before that, keep in a little box that nobody gets to see or or deal with, and then once it does come out, nobody's taught you how to use it in any way, and yeah. so, you know, it it is it was a time before before like YouTube instructional videos <laughs> when you just had to like hope that um, a nice man started dating you and taught you some things. I know, yeah, or, or uh, you know, or, or like a friend told you. What were you taught about sex when you were younger? Oh, I mean that you shouldn't do it, and that's how babies are made, and that you shouldn't do it. Yeah, it's yeah, always... and, and that they're a fact. It's a th- okay. My my hometown is wonderful because it's you know a very sort of like abstinence only kind of Christiany sensibility. Oh. And Sounds wonderful. It runs on unwanted pregnancies. Like it is just ah. the engine of that <laughs> town's economy. Yes. Is just like somebody at 19 goes, uh oh, and then they have to work at Home Depot for the rest of their life Fuck. because they won't get an abortion. You it, know? It's so mm-hmm. it's like, how do these, uh, the people in these types of towns not see that that is a directly is directly correlated absence only education and, and shoving religion down people's throats but the type of religion that's like makes you feel guilty about everything yeah. How, of course you're going to have an unwanted pregnancy well and it also means that like for gay people when you exist outside of the boundaries of any of that education or morality like when you are doing it on your own you're like i guess there are no rules for me because yeah. like I'm going to hell anyway, so let's make some terrible choices. Yeah, oh, that's a good attitude to have. I mean, it was kind of nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would imagine that'd be liberating for your sexuality, right? It was. Like, it was, uh, I was lucky to come, like, I came out a little bit late. I was 23, but it was nice that um, the internet had started happening to Mm. the point that I was able to just like, it took me a few months to figure things out, but once I realized I could get boys to come to my home, then it was just sort of like, let's do this until I feel like I understand what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dip your toe in a little bit, little by little, until you have a grasp and you're yes. comfortable. We, so, we explored toes. We explored a lot of things. Toes? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say you, um? so you said that you mentioned asexuality. Did you actually think at any point that you were asexual, or was that just something you were, that was, you were presenting as asexual? It was like thrust upon me, this sort of, oh. I think <laughs> there, there is this way 
that like when people don't fit into the sort of like rigid limiting structures of sexuality that we have, it's mm-hmm. just sort of like, well, you're something else. There's no place for you. Mm. I mean, God knows from the time I was like 12, I had a clear understanding of what turned my dick on. I just couldn't admit that to anyone, even myself, really. Mm-hmm. When you were 12, like what turned your dick on at 12? Um, uh, Ty Belcher. Mike <laughs> Beely was like the first boy in eighth grade to get, like he had uh, hair between his belly button and his dick. And he talked about it constantly. Oh, happy trail. And I wanted to know more. <laughs> um, and He talked about it constantly? Yeah, he was like really proud of himself. And <laughs> I was just like... Um, in awe, and it's weird because uh, everyone is sort of like exploring these things and sort of like playing with them, and like I didn't know how I would do that. There are some gay guys who are really good at sort of like taking on the voice of people around them mm. and sort of like mimicking that. Like my friend Jason, who just got married, um, he was like he was a player. He was super good at always sounding like the straight guys, um, but I was not a person like that. Okay, so how did how so did anybody between the age between like when you were born in twenty three when you came out did anybody suspect did anybody ask you or did anybody I mean it, any it, inklings like <laughs> clearly people must have assumed like um, yeah. it was interesting sort of like in retrospect realizing like God so many people in college just must have interpreted me as a very out gay guy because it, also it was like. All I wanted to talk about in like English classes was like gender and sexuality and stuff like that, but I couldn't apply it to uh, myself. Like mm-hmm. my best friend from high school, Gina, she told me like when I was like twenty, she was like, "If you're gay, that's okay with me," which is like the kindest thing you can do. I was going to ask how you, that would make you feel because I've heard some gay guys are like, "Don't you know?" They get upset because you're ahead of something that I can't even grasp. Well, I mean, or- the thing that is always scary. But she did it in the nicest of way of like, if it's true, you get to be in charge of this. And I do think there's a way that us expecting, like the fact that we expect you to turn into a realized adult and then turn around and say to everybody, so I'm gay, is a little bit hard because it necessarily leaves like eight years where you're just sort of like exploring untethered. Um, Here's a horrible story. So (laughs) um, my last year at Berkeley, um, I wrote a column where it was the winning date with guy Spice Girls essay contest. What? Oh my god, um, Corinne just came. So shit. it was the Spice Girls newsletter in high school. Called oh, one really? weekly. I I only stopped it because I had to go to college, and my mom was like, "You probably should concentrate on your studies." <laughs> Shut up, mom. Do you want to be weekly for? <laughs> this is insane. I'm so, on my edge of my seat. <laughs> so, Spi- so Spice World was coming out, and so oh. I, I had an essay contest <laughs> to win a date with me because the thing is, is <laughs> to like, win a date with you. That's and, great. And the thing is, is I always like even at this point in time when I had been like solidly committedly masturbating only to men for like eight seven or eight years was like I just haven't found that right girl who really makes it happen I had one has a dick you know (laughs) I had one erection to Cameron Diaz in a knit bikini once and I spent a lot of time being like well that happened that one time that's gotta mean something um I mean, I get wet when I see photos of Demi Lovato sometimes, but, you know. Yo, that uh, water billboard by that parking lot we were in was pretty dope. I mean, cool for the summer turned everyone on. Um, but the only the only entrant turned out to be, um, it, this is a very confusing situation to talk about because it was a straight boy who was presenting himself as a trans girl, and I just read as a trans girl, um, but oh. but is like, 
now a friend of a friend who I know and was at that gay wedding I referenced just moments ago. But at the time, all I saw was just sort of like um, a very sort of like muscular, turn me on kind of body in a little black dress, which was also erotic in its way, like waiting for me. And so I had this terribly, terribly awkward, like... I mean, I was wearing cargo shorts. Like it was, <laughs> oh, it, it was the best of us. It was guys. bad in a number of ways. Um, date and I like left as quickly as I could because all of these issues had, were just like ugh, floating around in my head. And then I wrote a column about it where I said I wasn't gay. And then the editorial board of my college newspaper voted to disagree with me at the editorial <laughs> meeting <laughs> that week. And it was like. <laughs> It that was, you that they disagreed that you weren't gay. Yes, that's wow. Um, and it was like so. It was so shame making, but also was wonderful and the best thing. And like talking to Andrew, the guy who presented himself as a trans woman, um, he was like, I just assumed. Also, we didn't understand the difference between gay and trans that well back then. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, I just assumed you were gay from everything that you had written. <laughs> yeah, like from, from the Spice Girls movie contest that you're running. I mean, it was a hell of a movie. <laughs> Wait, what was his essay about? Andrew's essay about? I forget. Oh, it's okay. lost to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So wait, is he still... Is Andrew still presenting as a trans? No, oh, okay. that was just a weird thing he did for that one occasion. I don't for the understand date with it. You? Yes, that was it. Huh. Uh, he is married. So seems more like a trans, like a transvestite than trans, like a, like an Eddie Izzard or like he was just like crossdresser. Yeah. I think is the term we're yeah. supposed to use. Oh, right, right, but yeah. yeah, he was he was doing that in some sort of weird play on my gender presentation okay. and sexuality. Yeah. I didn't entirely understand it. It's not like <laughs> I was self possessed enough to be asking questions. It was just really confusing and messy, and I played it out in front of, you know, tens of thousands of readers. And that was, for me, like, a good start of just sort of, like, having your messiness be in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which you guys are fans of. Oh, we love that. Yeah, we really didn't think anyone was going to listen to this podcast. That's how I pay my rent. (laughs) It is is an odd feeling to air everything out, but it's it's nice. Uh, (laughs) When you did come out, what led to the, what led to you doing it at that time? And how did you do it? What did you say? Um, So I was, it was after my first year of law school and I was, like, more depressed than I've ever been. I was like, I am going down this life path that I don't want to be on. and I'm never like the people around me were there for the right reasons and I wasn't and so I could feel it it. so Um, why were you in law school then my mom told me to oh okay that was just I did what my mom told me to do you know why wouldn't I you grow up and eventually you realize oh the purpose of my life is not to please my parents exactly and then the world opens up okay Uh. so like two things happened one was I went to a 4th of July party and my friends Mike and Mona who are still together were like it was at Mike's parents' house, and they were being like, I'll love you with each other. And I was like, you will never get that. That will never happen in your uh-huh. life. You will never get that. And then, uh-huh. a w- like, less than a week later, I read about how E.M. Forster, the British author, had not had sex until he was 38 with an Egyptian brakeman. And I was like, that could so easily be you. Like, oh, you, yeah. You could fall asleep and then just n- be 38 and never have had sex. Um and so I told my parents immediately. And then, like, I told my parents before anyone else and before doing anything, mm-hmm. which is a before, weird... like, going out on a date with a guy or... Which was or, a weird way of going about it, but also, like... We're oddly tied me. to our parents. And, and they, I'm sure, I mean, did they ever express... 
uh, homophobic views. God, were, yes. Oh, um, so that. Yeah, they weren't going to deal with it well, and I didn't want them ever being like, you did this behind our back, you know? Yeah. Um, I tried to be as open as possible. And then after that, it was just, like, it was the best and the worst, because, like, the Midwest is a horrible place full of chilly people who don't want to share their like emotions with you. But also chilly be- people is a good way to describe it. Being <laughs> in like a, like a mid tier city. That's like a good gay city was like such a wonderful place to learn about sex and dating and going out. It was like for the guys who were there who were like 37 and had already dated everyone they should date. <laughs> like it was a little sort of like, Oh, what are you going to do now, buddy? Yeah. Um, but for me, for like two years, it was like the, a beautiful place to like learn what I was doing and then go back to San Francisco and be oh, like, all right, bitches. Yeah. And, you what know. What did you say to your parents and what did they say to you back? I told them I was bisexual. Uh, <laughs> That's common. We've heard that a lot. Uh, yeah. And then like 20 minutes later, I told them I wasn't bisexual. <laughs> 20 uh, minutes later. No, it was the worst. What did uh, they say uh, when my, you said my bisexual? Mo- uh, my mother said. Uh, guy, if you're trying to hurt me, then you've succeeded. Oh, oh my God. And oh my, God. my dad said, what? Did God make a mistake? And I said, no, Dad, you did. Oh, yeah. Hit him where it hurts. Nailed well, it. my mom, seriously, like part of her still believes that if my father hadn't rhetorically stumbled like that, they could have successfully convinced me to not be gay. Like she, <laughs> she was re- like she really for a long time just like dug her heels in and was like, I'm not dealing with this. Um, Are you the wow. only child? No, I have an older sister. Okay. Um, but like. that's And that's, I, I cannot imagine. Now now your sexuality is a burden on your parents. Yeah. It's nothing to do with that. Like that's got to be so depressing. Well, it's also like, um, I mean, one of the things that happened was I didn't come out until I had a job that was paying me well enough that I knew I could like. You know, yeah, be on your own. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think that's a wise move. Yeah, because then you didn't need to rely on them. Financially. Tim Dillon always recommends. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the beautiful thing about Tim Dillon is his real politique. You know, like he worries about how things actually play out. Um, but um, uh, what was I gonna? Well, you, so oh. you said you were bisexual, and then twenty minutes later. Oh, just the fact that like. In this period that was sort of, like, hugely depressing and I had to, like, figure all of these things out, like, having my parents be removed as, like, support structure in any way kind of sucked. And also being, like, thousands of miles away from all of my friends, Mm. um, you know, it was just sort of these law students who were like, I'd love to care about your, you know, learning how to date boys, but I have to go learn about contracts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, so, okay, so how did they ever come around how are they now? I mean, I mean, um, so a, a little over a week ago was the 19th anniversary of my coming out. So <gasps> when I called, when I, thank you. <laughs> um, so when I called my mom, I was sort of like, "Hey, what's today?" And like, <laughs> she knows exactly what today is, but she talked around it for a while. Really? And then still? she she finally still she was like, "Today's the day you told me," and I was like, "Okay." Um, the thing is, is she's much better now. There was a long time when she just like would get really bad about any sort of discussion of it. Actually, today we had um, a semi-long conversation about uh, one of my niece's friends at the Christian school she sends her to, which is ridiculous, um, uh, being uh, a trans boy. And, you know, like 
My mom was not great about it, but she was much better than she was in 1999. Progress. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Because I often wonder, like, can you change somebody's mind? I don't don't know. Can somebody's mind be changed when... I, I don't know. Well, the weird thing is, is that, like... People always talk shit at like Republicans who don't understand gay rights until their son comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's stupid and dumb. But also like there are people who don't change their mind when their son comes out. But also, too, everybody Mm -hmm. needs a point of reference. And and, and if it's personally affecting them, that's why I think it's so easy for male lawmakers to just not even think about, uh, you know, and trying to make laws to prevent uh, women from getting abortions. I, I mean, they because it doesn't, I mean, until the, you know, the sex worker they're fucking behind their wife's back finds out that they're pregnant and then they got to get an abortion. Well, also, it's but like, there's so frequently this like barrier between public and private life where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had to pay for the abortion, but I oppose abortion as an idea. And that's why I think it has been so powerful to have, so many women talking about, you know, like the shout your abortion movement, like yep. me too. Having people take these things that, you know, like are, are stigmas that shouldn't exist and are stupid. But like still, just that interesting game of like, if everybody were honest about their experiences with these things, we wouldn't be able to have stigmas about them. Yep. But stepping forward and being a member of the minority who does talk about it sort of brings scrutiny on you you know and Mm -hmm. that's always like that's a dynamic that's like so hard to turn around yeah well it's the price you pay for coming forward for for speaking up about stuff but it does i i have like my mother for example that you know she was so conservative with in terms of like sexuality and me and Mm -hmm. so uh when i told her i lost my virginity she like didn't talk to me for weeks yeah and then she wound up, we interviewed her on this podcast and I hid the name from her for so long and I could not believe the 180 that happened. But I think it was like, I, I am not very patient. So when someone like, you know, is against something and I'm like, you're, you're, you're thinking is just fucked up. Like yeah. you're wrong. I, I, I don't have the delicate, uh, uh, ability to kind of coach them through and maybe, you know, but with my mom, I, I did witness how, you know, she would, I would read her emails from people we would get and she realized, oh my God, this actually helps people. Yeah. So. I mean, the, the process of taking a lump that like emerged from your body and <laughs> eventually being like, oh, it's a person that gets to go vote is like <laughs> really hard. And like sexuality is such an interesting thing because on the one hand, I understand her wanting to protect you. But on the other hand, it's like, aren't you left infinitely less protected when you are in no way parented, like functionally parented on this issue? Yeah. Like, um, it's... And it's out of fear. But yeah, that's exactly what Also, the, the only is. people, the only people who actually obey their parents' like sort of well nothing until marriage are fucked up in some other way oh my know? god oh, waiting yeah. until marriage is i will stand you by that issue for that. the day i die is the dumbest idea in the world yeah you gotta test it out well, so wait, wait, yes oh, go you, ahead. i was just gonna say so you so you can't you you're out of closet your parents know and then what's when's your first sexual experience with, uh, a, with a man happen uh, how amped were you um i was terrified and amped all at the same time so I was 23 when I came out. I was 24 the following April. It was April 27th of 2000 <laughs> that uh, I had sex for the first time. And, uh, like, I was on gay.com, which was just sort of like... That's it a was, website? It was like chat rooms with, like, city-based chat rooms. Oh, and you would fun. go on there and you would, like, troll. Um, <laughs> we didn't have phones then. Um, so I was doing that. And there was this uh, guy who was 
like very sort of like aggressive and forward about things. And he was like, let's do this. Let's make this happen. So he came over in the afternoon. Whoa, here, man. Here's the thing. Dude's fuck quick. I was 24. He was 17. And you're like, uh, guy, that's not okay. Well, to, no, some state 17 is age of consent. To which I would reply, like, no, the, the age of consent in Minnesota is 16. There you go. Also, homosexual sex was illegal at the time. It was illegal for me to have sex with him, but Thank only you. because he was a man. And I do think, like... It was illegal. It, yes. Damn. It's... It's a weird situation because the thing is, is like, I'm still friends with this guy. Jimmy is the like sweetest. And Aww. also, like, I can't tell you the name of people number two through 40 who I had sex with. Really? Like, they were just sort of, I knew them by their screen names. The first guy, oh, wow. the first guy who I topped, um, because like when Jimmy came over, it was just like hand and mouth stuff, but. <laughs> hand and mouth stuff. Okay. So BJ's and yes, stuff. Yes. Okay. That is, um, but. Like the, the I only the guy, the first guy I topped, I only know his AOL handle. I love that. <laughs> oh my god. AOL. Oh. But like, uh, Jim came over, and I was like so terrified and paranoid that I like made him show me, uh, his ID to be like, all right, smart, so you're legal, um, and like. One time I was doing a like a live podcast and I talked about that and it was in Berkeley and this woman hissed about it. And it made me very self-conscious because like I have so few normal, nice sexual experiences that this experience of like losing my virginity while he lost his virginity. Oh, to, he lost his too? Yes, to someone who like I like how assertive he is at seventeen uh, and it I being know. his first time. That's well, very it's, impressive. It's the wonderful thing about dudes. It's yeah. just sort of like he was a seventeen year old. He wanted to do this and he wanted, <laughs> he wanted to get to it out come. of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was like short and muscly and he came over and I sort of didn't know what to do. And we were like talking and he was talking about, Did you put on like music and candles no, or no, it was oh, the yeah. afternoon. This was like, um, but, um, he like started explaining how a body check works in hockey and like he threw that Ooh, managed to hot. get things sort of like touchy feely to like start things going. And then he and I like messed around for for a couple of months after that and it was nice um and then i just like but during that process i just started to be like i have to do this as much as possible i need to learn to get good at blowjobs like Mm -hmm. all oh Mm -hmm. so many things ahead of me and then there came (laughs) a magical moment then i (laughs) came a magical moment when i learned that uh it's like and also i'm old so like these like sexual stereotypes are out of date but like my friend was like no it seems toppier if you don't reciprocate oral and then i was like you can just have someone come over and blow you and you don't have to blow them back and he was like yes they like it even more and then i started doing that for a while and then i started getting hiv paranoid so for a while i just had guys come over and get naked and play board games with me (laughs) and wait that's fun (laughs) would anything go in any holes or (laughs) no i like i like didn't even why I didn't just do hand jobs. I don't know. Right, because hand job you can't get HIV yes. for a hand job. Um, uh, I hope not. Like I think at that point in time I had not yet sort of fully learned to appreciate the glory of a hand job. I and still, I know I, mean, I know that to women like like just straight people I feel like a, a hand job from a woman just seems like it would be torture. And yeah, you guys we don't like giving them because right. yeah, I'm like, you, you do it. Yeah. Yes. And also, be I, f- better. I feel like straight people are just like, we have penises and vaginas. Why would we do anything else? And like, which is so lame. God knows gay guys love penises and buttholes. But I also <laughs> like there are lots of other things that I think are thoroughly great. Like, so, oh, yeah, we need some suggestions. Yeah. Give us, yeah. 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 I'm um, going to spice up my sex life. Uh, like, OK, 
I'm so gonna like, teach me God. We're, he rolled my up mi- his sleeves, guys. My mind is already. My mind is all like it's it's in that apartment in Minneapolis. The first time I had a moderately unattractive mid forties gay guy who was a little bit sad on the inside give me a hand job. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is this? It was like in a good way. Such technical accuracy, Ooh. such Whoa. attention to detail. Because he had uh, to work. And the thing is, is it. I initially wrote that as a joke when I was like 25. I'm now uh, a more than moderately unattractive gay guy in his mid 40s <laughs> who's more than a little bit sad on the inside. And I just hope that I perform well enough to keep that tradition going. Wow, um, what was so good about that hand job? Oh, it was just sort of like I remember he just sort of like. He slapped one of his hands, like, um, thumb and forefinger around the base of the cock. Uh, yeah. He sort of, like, straddled my balls so that they were a little bit distanced and removed. With his hand? Yeah, with, with like, with, like his finger and ring finger. Uh, straddle, oh, uh, like, just lightly touching. No, 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 or, but just sort of, like, pre- it goes, it goes pressuring between, yeah. it on either side. Oh, because if you in stop, the middle of the ball sack. Yes, because if you stop the balls from being able to go up it like retards ejaculation a little bit. So mm-hmm. it takes you longer to come, but you come better. And then with the other hand, oh, just like great tip. worked it nicely. Wow. Um, and just like, okay, well, worked it nicely. Are we talking twisty? Or are we talking, you know, up and no, down? No, just straight up and down and straight firm. I require firm. 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 Um, so and he, did he just know that? No, I think he just like, there's also like communication. Again, I feel like, the way that heterosexuals are raised, you guys are raised to not be communicative about these things. Correct. And think that like you're just supposed to be guided by nature and intuition. <laughs> um, and one of the lovely things about this whole process is like my first several years of sex, everything was like thoroughly negotiated out online before... <laughs> The Something internet happened. has really helped. I mean, I, th- I know there's a lot of bad things that have ha- uh, happened uh, to sexuality because of the internet. But like for me, like I read how to give a blowjob on the internet before yeah. giving it. And I feel like I did a good job the first time because I'm like, oh, I'm a good student. I respond well to text. Uh, I was like, I'm always good at learning stuff in school. So why can't I also learn this? No, for me, book learning was so important. Yeah. Being able to go online and just sort of understand things because these are aspects of sex that we just don't talk about mm-hmm. you know never like even it's crazy yeah um it, it's like th- the process of properly having a clean butt to present the world with you know isn't something that it, anyone is training you for but also like the, the astounding discipline and mise en place <laughs> that <laughs> i have been presented i'm a, I just always like these guys take it seriously, and I, I I love and respect the work that goes into uh, homosexuality. <laughs> um, Wait, how do you? What do you? We've we've heard a lot, mostly from like female porn stars, about keeping buttholes clean or prepa- yes. preparing them for anal. But what do you have any like hot tips? Hot for, tips for I love buttholes. a clean butt. I have OCD really bad. I like um, uh, a couple of tablespoons of chia seeds and water are going to do half the job for Wait, you. What? Oh. Really? Yes. What do you do with them? You put oh, them in your No, bottle? you just like... Oh, you drink it. You drink it, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> Christine's going to be... I'm like, how do you get up your bottle with a snow guy? So that, yeah, so, I, that, like, so that, like, you have fiber going through, and it's doing its job, but it's going through. Okay. Um, And then... How far in advance before the bu- something's entering the butt? Well, uh, like, that's just a way of life. But okay. then sort oh. of, like, having, like, a nice, responsible douche bulb, like, when you are, you know, shower... Um, shower is good. Yeah, I, yeah. Yes, <laughs> like ha- take a shit, shower, 
Uh, yeah, and that then, order is very yes. important. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and then douche yourself and then... Do you, do, you douche your butthole? Yes. I mean, How often? When, when the situation arises. Yeah, because women have been told... I mean, obviously what they're talking about are our pussies, not our, our butts, but like we've been like... Women have been like anti-douche for a while. Yeah. I don't even... Cleans itself. I don't even know. The butthole I've is... never even used a douche, nor do I know... Like, I don't know how to do any of this. I've only ever used an enema, and that goes with the yeah, other Yeah, I mean, one time. Uh, um, well, I mean, and, and that's that's the same thing, essentially. Yeah. And the thing okay. is, okay. Uh, like, I'm not doing it... Um, on the the super regular, but if I am in a situation where I understand that something might be going on in that space, yeah, you want to um, be prepped. Yeah, and just sort of, but I haven't finished the process. You have to do it until the water <laughs> runs clean. Like you have to ah! do it. So when you douche, you take water into the douche, put up your butthole, and then yeah, you just squeeze it up there. You squeeze it up there, and, then... and I always sort of dance around in the shower to make sure that it's like going around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ooh, and then you go over like to a the glass of red wine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you go over to the toilet and, you know, get rid of it. Yeah. And then, you just know. Just fart the water out? Things or? are lovely. I, I know. You, it's like, a weird poop question. the water out. You poop it out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Or yeah. peeing out of your butt. It's however we're defining it. Yeah. Because I was like, that's how I felt when I, when I got a colonic. I was yes. like, oh, this is so, I, I was like, this is so strange, but yet seems very natural. Have you ever yes. had a whoopsie? What's it? During uh, anal? No, really. Either I, on your I, end or the other, your partner's end? I don't, uh, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, like, f- from a partner, yes. Though I have, by and large, been, um, as I said, astounded by the cleanliness and preparedness wow. of the young men uh, in America's homosexual forces. What was you? Uh, <laughs> what? What was the, what happened? Oh, I mean, just, like, there was shit, you know? Yeah. Like, it when, when you pulled your dick out, it yes, came out? Yes, when I pulled my dick out. Was it a I've, lot of shit or a little, like, little I mean, turd? it was a fair amount. But fair like, amount. Yes, but I've never had sort of, like what is commonly known as a miscarriage uh, in the business. Oh, I've never Wait, heard what? that. I can't believe like I've never heard miscarriage. this. Yes, just sort of like an unexpected shitting that happens during sex. This oh. is this is like 70s slang. Oh, okay, okay, yes. okay. Oh, Got I it. love it. And, 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 you know, the first time that ever happened, was it weird? Would you, you know, he yeah, cleaned it up, ask? I guess. Like, I mean, whose home are you in? Like, um, it was an away game, and I was... <laughs> I was pretty far into the game by that point in time, so I think I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is what happens. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, I am not the most anally oriented of people. Um, okay. You know, like I mostly end up doing other stuff. Uh, like I li- what? I like eating, and I do like eating an ass. Me too. Um, but like, <laughs> um, I like blowjobs. I like you giving know, or getting or both. Both. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like. Uh, I mean, I, I, and I have friends. I have friends for whom it is not sex if they're not going into a butt or mm-hmm. having someone go into their butt. But like me, like I can fuck an armpit to completion, and I've had a lovely time that I think <laughs> makes me happier. Yeah, because it's like an aesthetic glory. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm fucking something that is like beautiful to me. Um, you know, like visually at the same time, not that butts and but- buttholes aren't aren't visual, but just sort of like I I think to to me like all the parts of a man are erotic or can be erotic in yeah. their way. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, so, you can eroticize. So why not have a good parts. time with that? Yes, it it is crazy how like you can be naked with somebody and then all of a sudden like their forearms are really sexy and you're like, oh, I just want to kiss it. Yeah, like, just me. Okay, <laughs> no, I had sex last night for the first time in a while. So. <laughs> Doing lot, great. A lot of arms. Good <laughs> for arm you. Play. Just you know when you're with when you're naked with somebody and you're just like, oh, yeah, I miss that. I miss being in bed naked with somebody and just like uh, just playing with that you know just yeah. like just touching and i don't know it's just so nice 
That said, I got to tell you guys, real bad at sleeping next to someone. You are? Really bad at But it also just like has not like the vast majority of the sex that I had when we were done, we parted ways. Um, good. And like when I am presented with those situations, the, it has been infrequent that it just seemed completely natural with someone. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what's going on here? Um, well, that's the other thing. If you're really excited about it, you lie awake the whole time, going, yes. "Oh my god, he's right oh, there." That's never happened because I've been—I t- get so tired when I come. I, I do too, asleep. but I just get so giddy that they're they, there. But I can't. Like, I had one guy sleep over uh, a fuck buddy like a couple months ago, and I couldn't sleep. But it wasn't because I was giddy. I was like, I, "You got, I can't." It's this terrible, and terrible. it's a special kind of hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes is, I just get scared that I'm gonna fart on them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a bad uh, thing. Being a woman is horrible. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Why, you're like, oh, I, I, you always fart on your sexual partners? Uh, well, I mean, we've already been there. Like, <laughs> um, But, like, the, la- the, uh, the last gentleman I attempted to share a bed with, we were in a king-size bed for a Ooh. period of time, and that was fine. But then when I attempted to share a queen-size bed with him, like, I just had to go to my couch. <laughs> like, it was, really? Did he yeah. get pissed? Or was he like, what the No, fuck? he understood. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're two uh, grown men. I mean, that's... Yes. I mean, I don't... Um, there is an absence of sentimentality that I... Amongst gay men, and particularly the gay men who I have ended up having huh. sex with, hmm. um, that I think is wonderful and terrible all at the same time. You know? How is it... Uh, how, how is it wonderful? Is it wonderful? <laughs> oh... I mean, the wonderful are just things like when someone shows up at your door for a hookup, you are completely allowed to say like, ah, no. And <laughs> everyone understands that this is a and business. And no one gets hurt. Nobody feels bad. Like really? th- The fact that... Um, Sex is a business. Yeah. And like just the idea that we both understand what we're in this for and we don't feel a need to sort of like overlay an obligation to emotion in a situation that's a big difference between straight people and gay people but it's not i mean that's like i can do that too but that's why i I function really well in fuck buddy relationships it Uh, is possible it's just not common i think with uh heterosexual women yeah heterosexual people i think just take that personally but i think the like there are those gay guys who really are good at sentimentalizing it and sort of like merging sex with sort of traditional not like cuddly not the most traditional yes but sort of like romance and caring about each other and even if they are people with open relationships who are still fucking other people which by the way i would say 60 percent of the gay men you know who are married are still having sex with other people they have policies of some sort if not more i i i one of my friends is um monogamous and gay and it's apparently like and he was he was cheated on and kind of everyone was like well you're gay like this just happens like he was just supposed to accept that and i thought that was a very interesting aspect of homosexuality that i wasn't aware of monogamy um i I don't it's lovely for people for whom it works Mm -hmm. it is i don't understand someone's sexual exclusivity as being necessary or important like if there's someone who's wonderful enough to have sex with me uh, like if they're gonna like good that they have someone sex with someone else good right. that they have could be happy for them a good time and enjoy themselves and i don't to me like this notion of ownership or mutual ownership even in like its nicest forms even in like um Plato's symposium where they t- they say that like love is the only acceptable form of slavery because it's mutual and like there are mm. ideas like that that like seem cool but it's also like 
people get bored. Yeah. And also you like see something and you're like, oh, that's neat. And saying, oh, that's neat shouldn't have to tear up the fact that this is the person who you most want to talk to after you watch Dietland. Right. You right, know? Right, right. Um, and it has been a relatively rare situation in my life that the person I was having sex with was the person I most wanted to talk to after Dietland. Mm-hmm. Um, I have usually sort of like had in ways kind of had like a primary like intellectual and emotional relationship and then whoever I was fucking at the time. Um, and oh, they were two different people. Or or, mu- or multiple people yeah, in yeah. various ways. Usually the person I'm fucking is just strangers generally. Um, but, um, but I do think there is something so hot about... Uh, I, I do think sometimes um, emotional intimacy can kind of... Sometimes it can ruin sex because it's not dirty to me anymore. Like I, I yes. do understand that aspect of it. Well, uh, two things. The first one is just I'm not good at creating emotional intimacy, and that is always a challenge for me, and maintaining sexual engagement with someone who I am learning about and caring about can also be weird. This one mm. time I was hooking up with this guy and he was telling me about how he was joining the military or something like that. And then like while you after you hooked up? Or? No, we were in the process of hooking up, but oh. we were also having light conversation. And <laughs> there like came a point where I realized like, well, now I know him too well to come. Like this is I, Yeah. But where do you think that comes from? It's weird. I mean, like sometimes I get annoyed when people who I'm just trying to fuck, even if like I enjoy them as people, start telling me what I will categorize as like boyfriend things. Like for yeah. instance, someone that was telling me about this apartment he's renting, and I'm like, I don't want to. This is a this is a boyfriend conversation, aka something that's so fucking boring that only a girlfriend should have to put up with it. Because sexy people don't have concerns. <laughs> They're just walking around being sexy. Like they right. don't have real estate needs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They get the fucking. They don't have the problems getting an there. apartment. That's yeah. Funny. yeah, they're sexy. Yeah, because that yeah. is. But that's why I always like. I'm like, oh, having like a primary partner, like you were saying, for the emotional and intellectual stimulation is that sounds like the best plan. And then you fuck people whenever. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm always, see, I've never. I've been. In, uh, I've never really been in what I would call like a traditional open relationship. One, but I'm not even counting it. But so, but I've many times been like the third party in in a, in a couple that is married and open. Yeah. And it just, even though they're okay with it, feel it just feel like the level yeah. of intimacy that we reach. Like um, I've put myself in like the wife's position and I'm like I this we're getting so intimate even in this conversation like I just can't I can't I imagine them like sitting in their living room you know like watching a diet land or something together and then he's like on the phone texting me these very intimate things I'm like I get hurt for the wife even though she's probably not hurt it's very hard for me yeah yeah I try I can't grasp that either very uncomfortable even though I know like the and this is straight people like that the hypocrisy of like well I don't want my partner to cheat on me or whatever but i want to look and you know yeah and that exists and i and i i don't know i i wish i could make that go away in my head and the thing is is i'm not saying that what i do is in any way functional most like <laughs> oh you don't oh it's mo- not. most like i i mean does it works does it work for you yes but like it does it hasn't lasted um y- you know generally i'm fine with that though like i am sort of m- now in a little bit more of a situation where I have somebody um, with whom I have like, like sex and reciprocal sexual interest, but also like think he's smart and funny and wants to know what he thinks about things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, like each other. that is nice. Yes. But at the same time, Did like we're still, 
What? <laughs> Did it affect your boner at all? I mean, in ways. Yeah. Like, sometimes Ooh. in ways. Because you kind of uh, care more in your... I mean, when I start yeah. to like somebody, I, I get more, like, aware of myself. And yes. I feel a little more self-conscious. And that fucks up sex for yes. me so bad. <laughs> um, this is terribly embarrassing. But yes. I would say, like, this situation achieves its greatest apex of satisfaction um, when I go to his uh, Instagram feed and I masturbate, he lives in New York, and I masturbate to that, and I will say to myself, he loves you. <laughs> As you're masturbating? Yes, and that's wonderful. Like, And that, like, does that, like, help you come? Yes. Oh. Yes, I mean, I... I want to come from love. Well, but the thing is, is, like, I do love the way that, like... Like love as part of a larger suite of things that can make things more sexual, like threat. Oh God! Here's the other thing about being two dudes who are having sex with each other. Like <laughs> you, like no one. <laughs> just the fact that you can play with concepts of violence or like meanness in ways that I would imagine for a woman, unless you're very comfortable with somebody and have things really worked out, mm. like, uh, you know. Once it, that you need the comfort and the trust, yeah. then you could play pretend in your head, but it takes a second to get that. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is like, gay guys will do it without the comfort and the trust. And, you know? and no one gets upset or... Yeah, and I'm sure bad things happen sometimes, but like yeah. having a stranger strangle you <sighs> while you're coming, I mean, wow. that's wonderful. I've heard stories uh, from gay guys that they're like, yeah, I had this guy that I never met before. I, I left my front door unlocked and he just came over and fucked me. I'm like, oh. that sounds amazing. Oh. I don't ever, I, I can never foresee a situation where I would be comfortable enough to yeah. do that, but I, I wish I was. I think it's Erin Foley here, who's a lesbian comic who has the funniest joke. It's that she performed on a gay cruise and dudes would just leave their door open so that like someone could come in and have sex with them. And she was like, if you did that on a lesbian cruise, the first lesbians who saw it would be like, we have a safety emergency. We have to manage this. <laughs> That's um, great. And I, like, I tried to work on a joke about it forever because... Uh, I I am made very uncomfortable by watching heterosexual porn because I always feel very bad for th- the women involved. Yeah, and I do I, too. I, so. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just well. I'm you not don't think u- she enjoys it. Or... I'm not used to seeing w- women be sexualized, and it always feels like they're pretending really hard. Um, I mean, they are usually. Yeah, yeah, but like the thing is, is like even like no gay guy in a porn, or or no straight guy in a porn either ever seems scared <laughs> like they're that all is accurate <laughs> that is accurate like they're like even if they're like supposed to be scared because that is like the game of the porn they're still not it's and so interesting that a straight dude p- could probably never observe that about women in porn I, I don't think yeah i mean it just like um it, it makes and i've like I have never seen a real female orgasm that I am able to say like, oh, that is what a, what, that's what happens to a woman when oh, it's actually going on. Uh, I have only seen these things in porn. in porn that are like so much theater, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. It can be. Usually it's like if someone looks ugly and like maybe starts to cry a little bit, that could be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. how I would explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's very interesting. But um, we... In, so in gay, I haven't really watched a ton of gay porn, which I should. I don't know why I haven't. Um, I used there was a movie Get Real that I used to watch all the time. Oh yes, I'm obsessed with that movie. I bought it on VHS, and like I I loved the actual movie, but I think part of it was like I found it kind of erotic at yes. 
Yes. So oh, what is it about? Uh, it's just like, it's like a coming of age it's, of it's British gay, gay boys, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, and I love British accents. But yes. so is there things like, you know, like animal sounds and like eating your own barf and stuff in there's because there's a lot of uh, things. That happens in straight yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that like humiliation is very big in heterosexual porn. I mean, th- like humiliation happens sometimes you never actually buy it like (laughs) i would a lot i would say that a lot of ours is very meat and potatoes and there's honestly one of the things that bothers me most about and i probably have pretty vanilla taste but like i just want people who are more attractive than me but like the the way that they go through like a very specific like set of activities in the exact same order and essentially most pornography, most gay male pornography is like a little bit sad. Um, <laughs> but um, you were saying, uh, oh, humiliation. Gay um, porn. W- one thing that comes up a lot in gay porn that might be surprising is just because we grew up assuming we would never be able to have sex or it would be impossible that like gently coercive situations mm. um like oh there was this uh series that this one company did where they would like flash like the name of some part of LA like in the Burbank one Burbank <laughs> was like um muscly 66 casting director and then sort of like boyish twink uh actor um and then you know an extreme like but do you really want the part and yeah. you know i think those are are, are appealing f- for that reason that you have this understanding of like oh there's also like a subcategory of oh, i love it so much um it is doctor patient porn Ooh. but the thing Ooh, is I've is that it is, is ne- it's not actual sex what it is is like there's a very hot guy who has something wrong with him. Yeah. And then there is a what doctor is who is not hot who comes in. And, I love that. And all the doctor does is just get to touch parts of their body. <gasps> uh, I'm already aroused. That no, sounds amazing. It's so wonderful, but it's also like, oh, God. How, how, what kind of sad, closeted insurance agent in Ohio are you <laughs> that you're like, if only I were a physician who got to like gently uh, like cu- like cop the ball sack of a hot person? <laughs> Please, sir, can I cop your ball sack? Oh, my God. Oh, man. That. Do you ever use, uh, does humiliation turn you on in your oh, sex life? God, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, fun. I, well, I'm also very like... I'm very aggro because I'm always trying to control situations because mm-hmm. I fear that, um, uh, like, if I'm not in control, they will go very poorly. So, like... Uh, it's probably yeah. accurate, though. Yeah, like, it's so true. Yeah. The thing is, is that, um, like, being sort of dummy towards someone uh, is wonderful and I very much enjoy. But also, like, having somebody humiliate, be physical... Like, the thing is, is, like, I'm almost never going to be physically scared of anyone who I'm having sex with. Oh, an important thing that I need out of sex is knowing that I will not break the person. Like, there are a lot of... Physically or emotionally? Physically. Emotionally, I'm fine with. But, like... (laughs) You know, there are a lot of gay guys who are made out of twigs and porcelain. Right, and right, And they right. are beautiful to look at, but I would be so scared I would not know what to Have do with you, them. Has there been an incident where you accidentally, like, broke a bone or something? No, because I almost am just like, they're lovely to look at, but I don't... You just know. don't want to go near. I don't want to go near it. And, like, uh, Jimmy, the young man to whom I, I lost my virginity, he was only, like, 5'4", but he was, like, sturdy, you know? Okay, yeah, like it, a pit bull. It was something you could shove. And right. I want to be able to shove, and I want to be able to be shoved. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, 
my core criticism of millennials is they make terrible doms. Like there was really? <laughs> there was this kid in Portland, and uh, um, I was like, maybe it's Portland's fault. Yeah, but, but I was like, hey, do you like? Uh, I essentially wanted to like you know be playing power games but i was like do you want to be like mr in charge or do you want to be a, a sweet young man um that, i was and, gonna ask you how you verbally negotiate, yes. like what exactly you said That's uh, funny. and he uh said like i want to be in charge i want to be a dom and then just like he attempted the cuddliest of uh, he, the cuddliest of, of domings. Oh, what do you do? Uh, um, like he w- brushed your back. He was li- no, he was like headlocking me, but it was like sweet <laughs> and lovely. Aww. Um, yes. I just have a vision of someone in now, Portland trying to put you in a headlock. Yes. Now, now in those mo- in that moment, do you say something? How well did you know this person? How comfortable were you going? Harder, dude. You like, can't. This isn't doing it for me. Um, we had hooked up a couple of times by that point in time. Uh, and I didn't say anything then, but the next day I tweeted something about how millennials make terrible doms and he saw it and he felt, of course he saw it. Oh boy. He felt like adorably hurt and it was sweet. Um, but can I, um, can I tell you the most noteworthy thing that yet that young man has done during the course of, um, of sexy activities? Please. All right, and this is going to sound terrible off of the I lost my virginity to a 17-year-old, but this kid is like 24 or 25, and I'm old. I'm 43. Uh, and one time we were messing around, and I told him, tell me how young you are. And he said, I barely remember 9-11. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, not, then, <laughs> no material here. Like, it was just like, that's too good of a line. That's a really good line. Yes. That's a good line that would probably fuck up my orgasm. That's really funny. <laughs> Have you yes. gotten yourself into trouble of being a comedian and kind of like tweeting out or like writing jokes about sexual experiences you've had? Um, not really because gay dudes I, are just I'm not well, down more. I well, feel I, well, and also I'm like not socially interacting with most of the people. I have sex with and also like there are enough people around that they don't know if it's that like it's it's, it's rare that it's restrictive enough that like they could Mm -hmm. um, clearly I mean it has happened but then there's also the thing of like I have totally looked on um, someone's feed and seen them make some sort of terrible joke and had to be like well that is me but Uh. the, the comedian dynamics of it that I find fascinating is like Let's say there are 30 working lesbian comedians in Los Angeles. At any given point in time, like 12 of them are in relationships with each other. (laughs) There are like maybe 40 to 60 gay men who are around here. And like none of us would ever remotely think of having like certainly a relationship with. I mean, their hookups have happened. But I think hookups are more likely to happen when somebody is like brand new to comedy oh and yeah and there's y- a little dynamic there yes power dynamic but uh-huh. s- still i i messed around with one open micer in chicago and that is the only comic i have ever why is that why don't why don't ma- male gay comics like can't, can't fucking up with each other i think it's like don't shit where you sleep um it, it's like also you're kind of the same energy which i think we can be less interested in than lesbians i was gonna say it does seem like all the gay male comedians that i know there's just a disinterest in wanting to fuck each other like they're just really good friends and very supportive and then that's the they're all like we can do better Uh, (laughs) exactly um like uh uh, i'm doing too much material but i will (laughs) like um 
just the idea of you want somebody who's like hot and simple and or just sort of like a counterbalance to your sort of like frenetic verbal energy Mm -hmm. um and i don't know but but it's also the thing of like i have a really hard time truly respecting someone who i don't find funny um understand yeah i understand that so like um for me to like really be capable of being excited about someone like um they they kind of need to to be funny like that but not a fucking comedian right right right, right. oh impossible. so you even need people who are you like who are your non-comedian like your regular people have to be funny as well yes, yes okay. humor oh regular yeah. people who are funny are the best they are the best like but for me i will that, that's a number one but i will also take a person who's not a like if it's a comedian they have to be funny yeah. if it's not a comedian it can be someone who's very funny or someone who just thinks i'm very funny right that's the well, second best the dynamic of like I try to pay attention to women as much as I can, which is more than most men are doing. But (laughs) also there's still a lot of stuff I don't understand. And the dynamic of um, like a partner in Sherla talked to me about like going on dates with guys who went on a comedian uh, on a date with a comedian so she could see how funny they were. And just sort of like that it is a difficulty, that it is something you have to like search for and find mm-hmm. to find a dude who is able to appreciate that oh, like yeah. you're funnier and more interesting than he is. Oh, for oh sure. they, that, that scares difficult. some people. That's why yeah. I, I particularly like, I just broke up with uh, a boyfriend of seven years. So I'm like, Oh, I want to fuck comics so bad. Yeah. And I'm so excited because uh, they just, you get, you don't, there's so much that you already get immediately yeah. that I, I, that base level of understanding is, uh, is uh, I love it. I love it. Well, there's also just the thing that there are so many more straight guy comics and like they're all damaged. I know, but you can (laughs) still have a little bit of like stranger who's he energy about any of them. Yeah. Where like any gay man in America, I've been on six shows with him, you know, (laughs) like there's just (laughs) there's nobody like, you know, Seattle. Hello, Nick Sahoya, Boston. (laughs) Oh, look, it's Will Smalley, you know, like. Um, oh, though, though I have to say, Will Smalley of Boston is the male comedian that every other male comedian is most likely to have a crush on. Oh, oh yeah, really? yeah. Straight or gay? Oh, he's gay. I gotta look him up. He's now. gay, but he's got like he's got these wonderful like tall boyfriend vibes oh. of just sort of like I'm stable and would take care of you. Oh, and he's so funny. Oh, that's so nice. I wish. Yes. Ugh, I just keep thinking back to how you could have a stranger come over on the internet and then you just fuck and it's like totally fine and no one like murders each other. That's so cool and I'm so jealous of that. It's wonderful. One time in New York, a guy tried to steal my wallet and that was annoying, but also <laughs> was like exciting. I thought you were like, and then, he, then we fucked. <laughs> no, it was like- I caught him and then we fucked. Part, like, um, part, uh, like- So he's tried to steal after you fucked? Like I blew him and then I went to go spit out his semen. Because, spit it? Yes. Because, Why? It's in your mouth longer. Um, you spit it. I know. It's so stupid. The thing is, is that I, when I first learned how to give blowjobs like a good little boy, <laughs> I swallowed because that seemed nice. And yeah. then my friend Steve was like, you seem slutty if you swallow. And so after. Oh, that's the problem. After, <laughs> it's so, yeah, you guys have swallowing. No, it's so, spit it right back out in the face. It's so stupid that I have become like, except in limited situations, a committed spitting American. So you still um, spit? I mean, is it I, in your mouth longer? If I don't know the person, I don't understand why I do what I do. I, I just either, do it. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, if it is someone who I know better, 
I think I would, or I'm like extremely attracted to. Also, it's important that I haven't come yet. If I've already come, then I'm treating this like a business transaction. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, cannot yeah. romanticize that come at all. Do you usually, um, is there a pattern, like, do you find that when you're with a, uh, have a sexual partner, do you usually come first or last? Is there, is there a, do you lean one way or the other? Do you have a preference? I mean, it depends on the situation also. I am 43, so, you know, it takes me a while. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I, like, I just don't have as much ammo as I used to. Does um, the amount of jizz you spit out get less and less as the years go by? I mean, to some extent, like, huh. yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, well, and also just, like, it, like... I would say it takes longer to build up like a really impressive load, um, though. Uh, like I've been taking zinc just for that. Um, zinc helps your load. Yes, zinc, uh, zinc and magnesium. I think. Oh, um, I take magnesium. But yeah, good. it helps you not get a cold and like have more semen. Um, <laughs> Two great things. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> um, yeah, there is something kind of like very unappealing when someone comes and it's just like a tiny little Yeah, and it's squirt. like, really? That's yeah. the thanks I get? Yes. Yeah. You know? it doesn't I feel... didn't do better work than that. But like <laughs> sometimes it's like, I understand like, yeah, that's because he's fucking on a really regular basis. Good for him. Oh, you that's know? nice. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of business going on and I may just be part of it, but that means he's desirable. Hmm. Have you ever had a guy, have you ever been with a guy and they like, they derobed and then the dick was gnarly? Whatever that means to oh, you. I mean, yes. Well, the, this is terrible, and I'm embarrassed about it. But um, the, when I was living in Oakland, the first time I was presented with a foreskin, uh, it was. I've never been presented with. It, a it was like mid-afternoon sex, and I was presented. You in the afternoon? Yeah, I was like a lot of day fucking. <laughs> I was presented with a foreskin, and I was just like, "Thank you for playing. I will be driving you home." And really? I had I had like driven to Oakland to get him and then driven him back to my place and I like got in the car and we drove back and then like less than so you didn't have sex? No. Because and of the foreskin? I was just like, I don't know what that is. Like I was scared. But then yeah, like I get it, yeah. a month later, I was like playing board games with this he was like six four Ooh. um Korean American, uh adopted by white people. Um, like frat boyish PhD candidate in econ Ooh, at Berkeley. Wow. So and many layers. So many layers. And then um, I was presented with a foreskin for the second time. And ladies, I did not say no. Uh, good, I good, said, good. I said, yes, please. And I learned about an exciting new world. And, and there, did this gentleman uh, uh, show you how to do work it? Because um, it's not that much different. It was you relatively simple. When you jerk them off. I was well, like, can I you mean, walk us through this, actually? Because we, we, we asked we've someone seen on this a, podcast. We had never, either, both of us had never seen the foreskin force on a penis. Still, so we asked real life, our yeah, friend never. to show it to us. Gene was very nice and showed uh-huh. it to us. It was Obviously, we didn't touch it though because yeah. it wasn't sexual. Right. But like, do you, as the partner, have to do? Do you have to? What, what's do different? Anything? Do you well, no, feel I like mean, a banana? But like, the thing is, is that um, the second time I was also presented with an erect penis, so it's harder to like mm. you. You don't. Oh, so the fork skin was down. Right, yeah, by you the like base? you like you like. Well, it's just sort of like stretched out, so it's doing its job, and things just like aren't pulled as taut. So you. You know, you it all works so much better oh. in that situation. I was going to say, you're, you have all the nerve endings you were born with when you right. still have your foreskin. So I would imagine the orgasm is way better. And as a partner, it would be more enjoyable to watch. And I think my mom just filled my head like as a responsible Jewess um, <laughs> with the idea that like um, if there was still a foreskin, it could get dirty or gross or smeg me. 
Uh, mm. And I have never encountered that. Yeah. Um, but it is just sort of like when it's all cowled and distant, um, that is... You have great adjectives. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, but also like I think many sorts of penis can be wonderful. Um, I like... I have a stronger gag reflex than I would like. And so well, how what do you mean? Like will you you will gag easily or different? Yeah, I mean okay. and, and like thrown up on a dick? Uh no. That's uh, good. Though I've come astoundingly close sometimes. And that's there's just that hard situation of like, I'm gagging really hard right now. I can't breathe that well. And I also understand that if I stopped to do either of those things or calm down, I'm gonna have to do an additional seven to ten minutes of work. Yeah, where, like, then all your hard work. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Yeah, you're on the way. You're riding the wave. Yeah. But Why would you want to get off the wave? Like as a well, especially like as a, a feminist, where like I am crying with a dick in my mouth, but like crying just because the my gag reflex is forcing the yeah. tear ducts to make to produce tears, and I'm like, what is? What am I doing right, right. now? Right. <laughs> Can I stop? I Why mean, are we terrible? here? I mean, I am so thankful that I don't have those centuries of like <laughs> oppression and cachet over it and i can yeah. just say like i love the work i do I, you guys um <laughs> no the, that's good you should the funniest thing was like so after i started that period of time of like dudes will come over and they will blow me and i don't have to blow them back it was just the loveliest I thing to like three or four months later be like i miss the taste of dick you yeah. know like i would just really like to like have one in my mouth right now yeah. that would be so nice dicks in the mouth are um, great honestly i, I love it a really good is dick in my mouth ali wong really like it a lot ali wong has this joke i don't know if she does it anymore but about the sense of like accomplishment and satisfaction you have when you have caused an erection to happen you know <sighs> so proud it's wonderful. Yeah, it is wonderful. And you see your, your hard work come to life before your very yes, eyes. I mean, it's immediate the, gratification. The, uh, the thing of just sort of understanding that, like, if he came, you did your job. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you did your job. You know he had at least somewhat of a good time where, like, I, with, with women, I don't understand, as I said, how your orgasms work. I mean, um, barely. We, we don't understand. But, like, um, I, I just think that I would feel less like stable if i were dealing with somebody who didn't produce like a teaspoon to a teaspoon and a half of something to right. let me know okay good for you there's well, you no mystery tell, I mean, there. women get very wet like uh -huh. oh yeah when you put your like your hand on like a, a woman's it, pants it, you can it, tell. and it's very uncomfortable when you try to put a dick inside you and you're like it's just dry but uh -huh. you're like it doesn't really it, i still want to be here and i'm so happy this is happening but Oh, I usually uh, check with me to me. Like sometimes uh, I can't even feel that I'm like wet because it'll be like in, it'll be like still covered a little bragging. bit and like holding it up. So I'll check to make sure before anyone like puts anything down there because I'm like, it is embarrassing when someone puts their I, hand I or their penis in your dry and, you're, just, and you're like, but you're real. I really, yeah, but I, you're but you want to be there. <laughs> I, I do want to be there. You I seem just, like a good provider. It's, just, it's like a, two balloons rubbing against each uh, other right yeah, now. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Okay, so like after I came out, my best friend from college, she was the person who was like, guiding me through everything sort of like the, the politics and the sex and the mechanics and identity and all of those things and at one point in time i asked her uh, essentially like um and what do you what do you do for like what about lube what mm -hmm. should i get and she was like 
I have glands for that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we make our own, uh, baby. We got wings. We can fly. Uh, I recently told that story to her and how much I love that story. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was. I am actually getting worried because I'm 32. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I'm still making my own. Yeah. But it's. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. We time stopped? is of the. How soon do we like, stop? I mean, like, you know, derogatory things that people say about old women. Like, oh, you're, you're, you're a dry up pussy. Like, your pussy uh. actually will dry out eventually. Uh. You know, sucks. I don't know if God, we really we get the do. shit out of a, yeah, a stick for a it's lot, not good. A lot of things. Um. Anyway, I think that's uh, that's about our time. We obviously want to promote your book. Yeah. Where do we find you on the internet? Yeah. Tell us all that good stuff. I should have talked about that more. My life is a goddess. Available July thirty first wherever books are sold. Please pre order today, unless this comes out after July thirty first. No, it's coming out Friday. Then just buy my fucking book. Oh, thank <laughs> you. buy his fucking book. Thank you so much for doing so that. So excited to read it. Um. Yeah. I, I got to talk to the game show on True TV. Oh, which is is fucking phenomenal. Such a fun oh, show. I mean, so I love a kind. good creative concept and I so appreciate that show. I, <laughs> I think it's it's innovative, It's but it's innovative and it's not annoying. Yeah. It's really cool. And Thanks. full disclosure, I do get pretty pissed when anything but Impractical Jokers comes on, but that's like one of the... <laughs> the I, that and like Hack My Life are the only ones that I also don't get pissed at when uh, they come on. That's very sweet. Those <laughs> jokers are great guys. Uh, and I'm at Guy Branham on all social media. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Guys We Fuck the Anti Slut Shaming Podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Love is passionate about the perfect fit and they believe it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. Their collections are designed by women for women, so you will love the way you feel under each and every look. And now they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles, so you'll find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit. Get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com slash GWF today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.